This week on Not Sauce for Work, Terry Tam is co-hosting from home, Eagle is producing, and I'm in studio. On today's show, we talk about the Dolphins' big trade. We have a nuanced conversation about Leah Thomas, and we continue to pile dirt on the grave that was Urban Meyer's football coaching career. We also talk about the Nets. We got all this and much more in this episode of Not Sauce for Work on Not Sauce Sports Podcast Network. Where do I work? Everyone, you're listening to it, perhaps watching Not Sauce for Work on the Hot Sauce Sports Podcast Network. Um, it's uh, the funny part about that cold open is I read it flawlessly, despite all the mistakes in the text. I read it flawlessly the first time around when we weren't recording and then butchered it uh, for when we're actually going with on the show. Should we put an ad out for a new producer? Yeah, that would be. That would be I know a guy, he often records without volume, so he wouldn't be good for this Okay, show. so then it just doesn't work. Yeah, Eagle, you can keep your job for a week. Hey, Terry, you want to see a magic trick? Yeah. <laughs> You're gone. <laughs> you <laughs> in this fear. Now I feel lonely and, and everyone sees that there's an extra chair in the studio. <laughs> that's Eagle's chair. I made him reappear. Terry's, that's Terry's chair normally. How was it being in the void? <laughs> in the void? Yeah. Oh, that that's I, what I the void is you. called? Yeah. Oh, you vanished me. So, um... What's this Elden Ring thing, Eagle? What is this Elden Ring thing? Jesus. Yeah. Do you want like me I, to come over and kill you? Like I heard this I've heard of this I've been hearing about this game for the last like 2 weeks. Like what is what kind of game is it? Why do it's people talk It's a game about it? you will literally break your TV playing if you were to play it. It's what? Dark Souls, right? Yeah, it's the Dark Souls games. Yeah. So yeah, it's yeah, not don't, don't, it's don't. like what like Zelda? No. Um it's no, it, it's the equivalent of turning on your console and the console decides to anally rape you. Yeah. That's I mean, not even that, a joke. To be honest, any kind, <laughs> any kind of rape, it does all the rapes. But what kind of game is it? Like, what, for a shooter it's, game, like, what it's is it? It's an action-adventure yeah, game set action in adventure. a medieval fantasy world of which everything kills you in one shot and it takes you multiple attempts every single time. The only way to progress is to fail. And, oh, and okay, here's the worst part about it is that... Um, as you're going through the game, uh, the checkpoints are super far. So when you die, you don't start right where you were. It brings you back to like 20 minutes ago. And, and you lose all your experience points in the process. Yeah, and you lose everything you gained. You lose all the points that you gained within that those 20 minutes? Yeah. yeah, until you get back to where you were. And if you don't get back to where you were, you lose everything permanently. Yeah. This is weird because I've always found that games are too easy when they just let us re like re- respawn at the exact moment where we died. Like I feel like we should be penalized. Well, this is so the, one this for is you the game for you then, but I'm telling you, you're going to play it and you're going to hate that idea. Yeah. Je- Jedi Fallen Order game. was the best version of that, that style of game. Um, I remember that. Yeah, yeah it, was, it, was, it, it was like a good in-between. Like, it was hard and challenging, but it didn't make you want to end your life uh, constantly while playing. Um, I, I'm going to start the show with a quick review of uh, the first three episodes of Winning Time. I'm really enjoying it. The third episode had uh, the guy who made me fall in love with mm-hmm. basketball. Uh, character uh, John C. Riley. <laughs> well, John C. Riley, no, he's playing Jerry Buss. The char- there's a character playing Pat Riley, who is uh, sort of my basketball hero. It's why, while I'm not a fan of specific franchises, uh, I do love what he's done with the Miami Heat. Uh, basically, creating a franchise with no history and making them one of the uh, most history franchises uh, in a very short period of time. Uh, so it's cool to see his representation on the screen. A lot of people are critical of this because they're saying it doesn't uh, stay true to the story without realizing, of course, this is a what we call a historical drama. It's not a true story. It's based on a true story. Uh, its goal is to entertain. It's quite funny. Uh, Adam McKay, of course, uh, of uh, Step Brothers, Talladega Nights, uh, who's nominated for Best Picture, although I don't think he should have been because I didn't <laughs> really en- enjoy it so much. Just don't look up. Uh, he's done a lot of work, most of which... Uh, uh, I'm a huge fan of Succession. Of course, he, he was the creator of Succession as well. Great show. Uh, I know you love Can't that show, Terry. Back, yeah. um, and of course, he has that contract with HBO. That's why the, the show is uh, on HBO Max. I'm thoroughly enjoying it. Uh, I was young 
but it's kind of the period where I started to get into basketball sort of the end of the Magic Johnson era. This takes place sort of at when he's drafted and when he's coming into the league at the so same in the time. 80s? As Bird. Yeah, it's 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 the basically it's 1980s Lakers. Uh the the uh where How? basically you're, the NBA you were was born in you were, you were born in 82? Yeah. So, so I, I I mean like you were 8 at most. Yeah, except that's that's kind of like when I started I guess, getting yeah. into it, you know when I started playing basketball and I started <clears> getting into it. Um, yeah, that's what that's when I started really getting into yeah. football on that age. That's why it's, I became a, a Cowboys fan. It's a thing where like uh, Isaiah Thomas said recently uh, about Michael Jordan. He says they, they keep saying that uh, he had to beat Magic Johnson, he had to beat uh, Larry Bird, um, and so on. He says, but that's my story. He says uh, Michael got them at the end when they were close to retirement basically which is the thing people don't, re- don't remember about these things the same with kareem kareem was at the end of his career but either way like it doesn't take away from the greatness um yeah. and it's it's still it's cool to see this era represented because the nba was on the verge of bankruptcy the lakers were on the verge of bankruptcy the the league itself had games playing on tape delay um and this era of you know bird magic and kareem sort of saved uh save the nba so it's it's cool to see that uh represent on screen it's not something i've really seen outside of like books and popular culture it's referenced all the time but we've never actually seen it on the screen so it's, it's pretty exciting for me i'm enjoying it i know there's some mixed uh reviews though yeah i mean i want i mean i there are mixed reviews i like i was saying before i trust your opinion on this so i will start watching it is it on is where what's it on showtime uh, it, well, either HBO or Showtime. It's on Crave. So it's on Crave. If, okay, if yeah. you steal your parents' Crave account, like I do, then uh, no, no, people <laughs> steal my stuff. I, I, I'm, I pay for incon- I pay for convenience. I was gonna say I pay for inconvenience. I pay for convenience, and I don't mind sharing my stuff. I'm that dude in general, but I have my parents' Crave just because I don't pay for cable. Um, and so because I get access to their cable, I get access. To- the way that I still feel like I'm a, I'm a teenager is my parents pay my cable bill. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, that's the, the single only way I still feel like a teenager. Uh, but we got a lot of stuff to get to. It's time for the news. Ah, uh, Terry, it's the news. Is um, it though? It is. It is. News broke mid-afternoon yesterday. Um, as my Miami Dolphins made a huge trade, I have some mixed feelings from a football perspective because I'm really happy. Tyreek Hill goes to the Dolphins. They only give up two high picks, uh, one first uh, first round pick and a second round pick, uh, and then two fourths and a sixth, which, you know, that those picks are easy to make up with other moves. So I'm kind of curious to see what Chris Greer, uh, GM of the Dolphins, is there. But the Dolphins... Traded for Mike Wallace in his prime. The Dolphins traded for Brandon Marshall's prime, and they ruined their careers. So why should I feel like Tyreek Hill is any different? I guess Tyreek Hill is a little different because he's like smaller and he can do multiple things. Where Brandon Marshall was like a good route runner, he might have lost a bit of speed. He, yeah. you know, he didn't have his guy that he, Jake, him and Jake Cutler had a very good relationship. So a lot of the success he had. Remember that cat, that game he had like twenty two catches in Denver. Yeah, you know what I mean. Like Brandon Marshall had like his big games. I think Tyreek Hill is a different. I think it's a it's a it, it's good to get a guy like Tyreek Hill, but. I look at the Dolphins, and I, <clears throat> I said it here a couple years ago when the Dolphins committed to the you said tank. Three years. You said it would take three, three years. This is year three. This is year three, and it's so. not even no. And the I don't know what they did, but <laughs> so, like their their receiving core is unbelievable, and Tua has a lot of weapons. The defense is you know it's defense. Miami's defense is always like like average. You know what I mean? Like they'll have oh, like with, big with games Flores, here. They were uh, amongst the top five. Yeah, exactly. So so we'll uh, see what happens now. But, like, then they sold the house for Tyreek Hill. And I don't know if that's – I think that's going to bite them in the ass. I don't think Tyreek Hill was worth all that for well, what they have. Well, so I don't Protect hate Tua. it. I don't hate it for this reason. Um, you have one year to make a decision on Tua. You brought in an offensive coach in Mike McDaniel uh, because at the end of this year they'll have to decide whether or not they're extending Tua. Um, and if Tua is even having – even has a decent year, his agent is going to ask for, like, a multi-year extension. So – uh, there is, there's that component, right? There, the other thing to consider is uh, they brought in Matt, uh, Mike McDaniel, who is a very good offensive scheming coach. They brought in talent in terms of, uh, look, from Raheem Mostert is healthy. He's a very good running back. They got Chase Edmonds, who is averaging five, years, five yards a carry uh, on his career. They brought in Tyron Armstead, um, who's a 
very good left tackle, although not to his blind side. So interesting spending of money there. Uh, they have this this great receiving core like you uh, uh, described, and of course they franchise tag Mike Gusecki. So look, they're going to give to everything. So I at this point, it won't be the Tannehill thing where we're still asking. Like even now with the Titans, we're still asking: Is Ryan Tannehill any good? But like with Tua, like at this point, you're going to know because they give they're giving him everything. They're, they're addressing the line. They're addressing the, the, the scheme. They they address the the the, the, the skill possession uh, position receivers. You know, uh, we'll know. We'll know by the end of the season if he's worth extending or not. The worst part about this is, is that if he doesn't, if he doesn't play well, and they get, and they're like, okay, we're out on Tua, they sold their first round pick, so they're not even gonna be able to draft the quarterback for another two years. Well, no, they sold their picks this year. They have a first round next year. So next year they have a first round pick. Yeah. Okay. Next year they have, I think, two firsts. If I'm not mistaken. Oh, okay, if that's the case, then. Don't right. forget the cool. Dolphins. Chris Greer is up. really good at, at, at assembling picks. The other thing no, is, I, I, if it doesn't I work out, that, you could trade like, all these pieces. You could trade Waddle. You could trade. It's you just, could like, just tear it down again. Like picks are are like reservations, like that Seinfeld classic Seinfeld yeah. scene. It's like reservations. Anybody can just take them. But like, what is there any value to this pick? Like, what are you picking with it? And that's what a lot of people have problems with. Is that okay? You can assemble all these picks, but what are you doing with it? And I think the Dolphins, up to this point, have like. A C plus grade in their what they picked with all the picks that they they got when they yeah. sold the house a couple of years ago. And um, like you know, I I'm actually I'm kind of balanced on Tua. I I don't know if he's I don't think he'll ever be an elite quarterback, but I think he'll be good enough. Like a guy you know, sort of that that next tier down. Uh, a guy like uh, Matt Ryan, for example, if you put him in a situation uh, where he's got everything around him, we'll we'll talk about Ryan in a second. But uh, that kind of guy, where if if all the situation <coughs> fits properly, I think you can win with with Tua. Uh, but you know, I obviously, don't. top five pick, you you need to get a guy ideally who is that top tier. But I I don't think he's that. I was also not high on Tua being drafted that as high as he did. I I really the reason the only reason why he got drafted is because of who he was. I don't think that he well, was the best performance. And it, well, I mean, he's performing. He played really well, but I just didn't see. I can't see it translating. Like I felt like he was very injury prone. Like uh, you know, there, he had one injury in college. That hip, that hip injury was, but it was really one. bad. It was a huge one. Yeah, it was one. Like no, but he got injured. He got injured with, no, he with the, the Dolphins. He had, he had the Dolphins. Yes. Well, before that, Terry, the Dolphins picked him before the Dolphins injuries. Of course, but they you you can predict <laughs> I, injuries what? according to Alex the intern. Yeah, of course. Yes, naturally, you should predict predict because he said he said I guarantee he Alex guarantees injuries. Yeah, I know. It seems weird. Like, rooting, rooting for pain is, is a yeah. weird side to be on. I guarantee that guy's going to die. Like, I just guarantee it. Well, I mean, we're all going to die. <laughs> exactly. So, um, so yeah, we all right. get injured. We yeah, all get you're injured. You're right. He is death prone. He is death prone. <laughs> um, new, new analytic is, is death proneness. Um, but so. What's the symptom of, pro- of death proneness? Is it having breathing. a heart? <laughs> breathing, having a heart. Um, the. The, the one thing that that kept coming back to me is when the Dolphins didn't um, didn't end up making a move on Deshaun Watson, I publicly expressed sort of kind of gratitude because I didn't want to cheer for Deshaun Watson because I'm kind of grossed out about the whole situation. And of course, I get the 900 what about texts the second this happens. It's like, well, what about Tyreek Hill? Yeah, the guy did some really shitty things. He beat his girlfriend, his pregnant girlfriend in college. And there's a police report uh, that basically led to a toddler's broken arm. These things are horrible. Um, they feel a little different for me in the way that we you know what we talked about last week, Terry, is that, like, for example, with musicians, we all draw a line like, I'm not going to listen to these guys, but I'm going to be okay with these guys. What they did was shitty, but I, I, I can't not listen to music for the rest of my life. I, I draw a line somewhere. For me, the thing with Tyreek is that, that he's both times – been apologetic Deshaun Watson hasn't obviously he can't because then he'll actually go to prison um the next yeah, thing true. is uh you know there was there's Deshaun Watson signs for a million dollars uh 230 million guaranteed but one million salary next season and the goal is because that when they when he suspends when the league suspends him they're going to sacrifice the least amount of salary for me that's not atoning for what you did wrong it's getting off scot-free uh, and that that whole okay, wait, wait, feels wait. gross. Let me understand this. So he signed for a two hundred thirty million dollar contract for how long? Uh, for th- four years ago, something like that. Yeah. It's okay, let's say four years. four years. Yeah. 
one million, two hundred thirty is guaranteed, and one million is his salary per for year. This year, yeah. For this year, and that is if. Why so would Cleveland do that? Basically, everything is bonus upon signing as opposed to salary. So they can't take why? away his bonus money. They can only yeah, take away his salary. Yeah, why would Cleveland do that? So here's the thing I How thought he said he wanted it. Here, here's, the, here's the thing that actually gave me the creeps is that I can imagine Deshaun Watson being indignant. I can imagine, I can imagine his greasy-ass agent coming into the room and pitching this. But remember the Browns were out of it for a second, right? Like for Deshaun Watson initially said, I'm not going to the Browns. And then he wa- event- eventually waived his no-trade clause. Is it that the Browns were the ones who came up with the idea of like, hey, we have this extra pitch for you. What if we give you a, a salary of a million dollars, fully guaranteed 230, and this way you keep the most of it possible because that way uh, you, 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 you pay the least amount of fines. If, it's actually, if we get reporting that it was actually the team that proposed this, that's the grossest thing I've ever seen in pro sports by like a large it's, stretch. It's disgusting. Like it's up it there, actually is disgusting. It's up there with some pretty heinous crimes. I'm also generally curious in terms of both the NFL and the NFLPA allowing contracts like this. Because effectively— oh, I think, But I think the NFL is going to penalize this bonus. And, and they're going to they're take it to—they're going to go to—they're going to be—what's uh, it called? Uh, they're going to appeal it. But I, I think they're going to have to at least show— that they see what Cleveland's doing. Yeah, because, I mean, they, this is basically a way to guarantee contracts, so why don't they just put that in the actual uh, CBA at that point, right? Like, yeah. like you're, you're just doing giving prefer- preferential treatment to people because they say, I want the money up front. And you go, okay. So yeah. just do it for everyone. Or make it a rule where you can't do that and you can only give a bonus, which is like 50% of their salary or something, right? Like, it, it was $230 million for a guy who's, who might go to jail. And because here's the other thing, it's fully guaranteed. Yeah. And like because he's not so been weird. found innocent, the grand jury said they don't have enough, um, enough evidence at the time. So if they assemble, if the prosecution assembles more evidence, it goes to the grand jury again, yeah. and they can then decide. Yeah, you know what? We now have enough to pursue criminal charges. A grand jury, by the way, that listened to only one of the twenty-three accusers. They only called one of the twenty-three accusers uh, to, to to for a deposition. What kind of a world are we living in? Terrible. <laughs> oh, you know, for real? Like, what three. kind of a world are we living in where there's you're literally you're you're taking time to to start a trial or you know like at least get some discovery or some depositions yeah. or whatever? You're taking the time to start this, and then you're like, yeah, we're only gonna interview four percent of you. Yeah. How? I know it's uh it's pretty rough. It's pretty rough. Um, Doesn't make any sense. It's pretty good quick math though on your behalf. Yeah, you know I, I did. I did. This is how I did. I did six plus four, and then Th- eight plus three. There was a way easier way. <laughs> 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 um, <laughs> so um, Matt Ryan goes to the so Colts. Ma- so many office Kevin references going on right now about yeah. math. Unbelievable. <laughs> that show is just it's just in my head. I feel like I work there. You, yeah. We're we're all we're all Dunder Mifflin lights at at heart, you know. If we were ever able to design an office for Hot Sauce Sports, I would design it just like that. Oh yeah, yeah. Everything down to Pam's painting of the office of a building that's gonna look nothing like our our office at all. Yeah, exactly. But no, we just get that painting. I'm sure, we can find a duplicate or whatever. Do, do I get Do I get Jim's random office that just appears randomly in season six? No, well, first of all, you know, it's always been there. I actually looked into this. It was no it's way. always it was always there. It was always there. Um, as of, sorry, it wasn't always there. Remember when they when they merged with um, Stanford? Yeah. The guy, uh, the black guy that was working in the corner. Okay. Okay, so it was there at that season, but I don't think it was there the first season. It was definitely not there first couple seasons. I'm trying to remember now. Could be wrong. But remember, it's a good question even, when it showed I'm, up. I'm rewatching the series with my wife as you're doing with your girlfriend. Yeah. And um, both of us were like, wait a second. No, no, no. That glass case of emotion wasn't there before. It was not there. <laughs> uh, is that Ryan, you want that office? What office would I take? I would take. I think I would take like, um, a Toby's, but I'd close. I take Kelly's, but I'd close it off. I was gonna say you seem like an annex guy. Yeah, I take Toby's and Ke- Kelly's in the corner, and I'd close it off. I think. We we have to put Duke in Michael Scott's office because he there's just days where he's so grumpy. That he just needs to be able to close his door. <laughs> you can't have him in the bullpen. No, Duke's no, in the I think, in Darrow's office. 
No, I've got no that's office. that's Pease's office. Yeah. Pease's I was going to say, just put him in there, and no. you can just not come to work that day. No, Duke's <laughs> going to be in accounting with the designers, with the blogger, with, and then the bloggers will be in the middle, and then um, like, what do we have? Do we, we don't need an HR. We put Alex the internet at uh, at uh, reception. At reception, actually. And we just leave Michael Scott's office empty, and then when Alex the intern asks us, "Can I just take the office?" We'd be like, "No, uh, we have plans for it." Yeah, and just in case. Leave it empty. Just in case. And I'll take or the entire Eagle. warehouse. Yeah, that's fine. <laughs> yeah, Eagle will just be downstairs. Oh. Eagle will just be in the studio, basically. That'll be his office. Yeah, it's true. In this whole office, we don't have a studio. That's a problem. <laughs> the conference room. Conference room is the studio. Yeah, um, exactly. Then where do we have our meetings? We don't. Oh. We don't. We well, have them we in the middle. Well, we're all in the same room. In the the kitchen where the bathrooms are, that's where we have our meetings there all the go. time. We have it yeah. all sketched out. Um, so if anybody has to go mid meeting, they just it's quick, bang bang. Yeah. And they can refill coffee. And you don't want you don't want meeting rooms to be too comfortable because you don't want everyone thinking they have an equal say. Right? Exactly. You, like we really and we need to. It's more us talking put, at them. Yeah, and we need to like put them like dig into the ground a bit so they're below us. So like one yeah. step down. And yeah, then if you can just us like, or we build ourselves here. an altar. You know, like. Do you guys yeah. ever think about that actually? About how the conference room, the table magically disappears when they have all hands meetings? Yeah. It's all just all time. chairs. And then suddenly there's I a just, table. I imagine that Michael Scott has wow, good call. He, he has he has his staff disassemble the table <laughs> to set up chairs. No, the table always gets pushed to the corner, back behind him, to the no, left. It's a giant table. It doesn't make sense. No, it does. It gets pushed to the corner under the under the TV. Like under I, the, the, the um, I feel like your grasp of physics here is weak. Like the conference table sometimes <laughs> takes up the entire conference room. Sometimes. Sometimes. And, and then, then sometimes, sometimes it doesn't exist. <laughs> and sometimes it just makes it, it, it becomes 25% of its size and gets to the goal. There's to the some goal. eagle production magic that just makes it disappear. For sure. Yeah. Um, so Matt Ryan goes to the Colts. Um, and the, the most interesting thing about this for me is I don't understand what's happening with Baker Mayfield and Jimmy Garoppolo. I knew the market would be kind of cold for Jimmy Garoppolo, but I, I assumed like you, you can't draft a quarterback third overall and still keep Jimmy Garoppolo on the team. And keeping Baker on the team after you publicly go out and get Deshaun Watson seems like a super toxic situation for me. So I don't understand why, why no teams are even willing to give up a sixth round pick for Baker Mayfield. Is, is the report? Uh, I don't know. It's the money, you know? But the the Browns are apparently willing to eat. First of all, it's only eighteen million, which by today's standards is not a lot of money. Who did he uh, piss off this much that he's I not worth understand. a six round pick? But that's the thing: the, the two seasons he was healthy, he was quite good. He hasn't had any. Yeah. He had that that situation with the with the cops in college, but he hasn't had any sort of really bad public moments since he's been in Cleveland. I mean, other than being an entitled little prick, like, honestly, but that's. Basically, what he is—that's a—that's an NFL quarterback. I know exactly, but it's just like it's what he is. Yeah, you know. But like we knew that about him. Yeah, you drafted him first overall, knowing that. Yeah, and I, and I if there wasn't the Browns, then most teams would have drafted him. So. Yeah. I don't know why they're not on him now. At least a, at least a third. I mean, like if we're talking, Tyree Kill was able no, to go get two first, are, two seconds. I, I read this on the Athletic. They were looking for a sixth and were willing to eat up to thirty percent of the money. That's crazy. Okay, so which teams need a quarterback right now? Well, the 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 Panthers, um, Dolphins, the Saints, the Dolphins. Dolphins. No, man, we're good. We got we got uh, two of the you're same okay. guys, one left-handed, okay. one right-handed, who both you're are o- really good throwing short passes. You're okay. You're like you're like the day after you 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 lose your job of you lose the job that you hate. Again, you're like, to, you're like to, I'm all right. To me, the Dolphins are. It's the first time in my life that they've done something. Um, properly <laughs> they they drafted a quarterback high who was ranked high that's fine and you surround him with everything to, to make a decision on the extension that's what you want seattle still still needs seattle someone. seattle would i see i would love to see baker mayfield in seattle it looks like it would be a lot of fun i think him and Pete carroll are are the same kind of dude if you get what i'm saying um <laughs> i both i think they're both entitled bricks um and you know uh, the the Giants could bring him on in case Daniel Jones doesn't work out. You don't have to waste an entire season. Houston still technically Houston, needs a quarterback. I mean, I, I actually think Davis Mills is not bad, but like, why not bring on somebody to push him? It's not like he was like a, a revered draft pick or anything. So Baker you know, Baker in, in in Houston is actually ideal. I thought the Colts was ideal because of all the play action stuff. Um, I mean, listen, yeah, no, obviously, I'm saying with uh, anything like like it's realistic. Like he's not yeah. going to go to the Colts now. 
but yeah, I I'm, I'm I would have been down if he signed with Houston. Houston would have been a nice thing for him. Carolina too would have been nice, but you know they're still for some reason clutching onto what they have, yeah. which isn't much. Which is and then free if Winston injuries. doesn't work out with uh, the Saints, maybe they make a trade. Mm, you got Taysom, Taysom Hill season, is still though. there. You got to move him before the season because you can't have, you can't go into camp with somebody who's this unhappy with the situation, right? I think I think what's happening, and this is real, is I think that they're already convinced. They're already going to buy him out, and the league knows it. So they're not right. going to have him come to camp because that's just going to mess with Deshaun. I think, or it would be some kind of smart for them to bring Baker into camp. I so it kind of takes attention away. Plays, I would, no, he won't. He'll but it takes it takes attention away from Deshaun. But they do it. Yeah. Like wait, wait, at the do you think he risk. sits out? Because yeah. I think the opposite. Yeah. I think he shows up and makes a scene. No, I think I think, I think no, no, he won't be I there. I think he sits out. I think yeah, he won't be there. I think he he channels his inner Zion Williamson and orders a bunch of pizzas. I think he's. I think that I think that the legal knows the league knows that he's going to get bought out, so he'll get bought out, and then that, that's actually you know what, Terry? I got to yeah. give you credit because I've been I've been nonstop reading about this because I find it fascinating that he hasn't been picked up. You're the first person who I've actually uh, heard say that, and it actually makes a lot of sense. Yeah, I mean, listen. It's why shocking. would you? In my, in, uh, no, I shocking give that you example. came up with it. Just shocking that nobody else thought of it, including yeah. nobody in this room. <laughs> like, like it's it's only the most obvious thing, and none of us are thinking of it. No, every year in my in my fantasy hockey, we run it like an N- actual NHL team with the cap, the same amount of number of players, prospects, the whole thing. And every year we make like there's always trades and stuff, and then it's always like um, some guy offers you something for a, like a third round pick, and you're like, no, I'll just wait for free agency. Like, I, I know you're going to drop him, so I'm just going to pick him up free agency. Like, if I really wanted this guy, like, he's not worth that for me. That's the same thing with tapping with Baker right now. They're all going to – they're all just going to wait and see, and then the highest bidder. I think Seattle's a nice thing, but isn't Mariota in Seattle? No. Uh, Mariota went to Atlanta. Also, again, Atlanta, At- yes. Atlanta also needs a quarterback because they have Marcus Mariota. No, I'm actually in on Marcus uh, Mariota with Atlanta. Dude, you I think, think every You think every quarterback is good? No, uh, t- I don't. I just top- don't. Your I top don't 10 fucking quarterbacks sell them all down the river. Your ten, your top ten quarterbacks in the NFL, it has twenty quarterbacks in there. You have twenty okay. quarterbacks in your top ten. But I do that with everybody. I know you do. I do, I do that with everything. <laughs> top five, top ten, top ten. No, it's, uh, it's, my it's, favorite. It's way better yeah. than being a hater, right? So like, it's better. Yeah, to have very that positive. Disposition, but like, Marcus Mariota proved he's not a starting I, quarterback in the league. Everybody, no, everybody has a long leash, and I think that Marcus Mariota, given a given an opportunity, he's he would do well. He was given an opportunity in Tennessee. Didn't do well because, you know, young quarterback, whatever, different system, to click it, all that shit. Now he's in Atlanta. He's got the ball. Maybe something's going to happen. He's got a good receiving core. Maybe something's going to happen. Actually, he's he doesn't. Like, he's like two of the worst in every way. <laughs> Actually, well, his best receiver's gone for the year for yeah, fucking making exactly. a $1,500 he, bet. He's so, got like, a tight yeah. end who's going to be quadruple teamed every play. Yeah. And, exactly. and his running back is, is a wide receiver. So okay, I'll, I'll take I'll, I'll <laughs> yeah. take it back. I, I can totally see I can totally see, see him succeed. But with Calvin uh, Ridley, it's a different different Mariota. Oh the, the, well, I mean that's and that's the thing that that, that a lot of teams try to do is surround these quarterbacks with with top end talent. You know what? I don't I don't take it back. I'm still on Mariota. Okay, right. I was a fan of I was a fan in college. I'm still a fan now, and I like it. Matt Ryan to the Colts. We still haven't even spoken about it. Oh yeah, I, I was just using it as a segue to talk about Baker. Next. Uh, <laughs> The, uh, the Heat had an uh, on-court scuffle as Jimmy G uh, got into it with uh, Coach Spo. And uh, Udonis Haslam earned his keep this week. Yeah. He's like, shit, how do I stay another week? Let me fight with Jimmy Butler. Oh, he's there forever. He's never yeah. losing that job. It doesn't make sense. Like, I feel like he was on the team in 1991. About. <laughs> <laughs> has... Has Haslam been on the team since they won their championships? Yeah, he's been with on every championship roster of the year. And he, he wasn't young. He was even on the Dwayne Wade Shaq years? Yes, he was. And he, well, he was like a key player on it. Well, I remember. Okay, yeah, it's this. Okay, I remember that. And, and then so, like, yeah, he's for, only for played for the Miami. audio audience. I'll just break it down because I, I thought it was uh, more audible content. Uh, basically, uh, him and Coach Spo gets into it with Jimmy Butler. There's since been an, a view from behind the bench where you either see, you can read Spoh's lips and either he's saying what you want to fight me or what you think I'm a failure is the two things I've heard. And you, it's hard to tell which of those it is because if you look at the mouth move, it's similar either way. Oh, so I got to check it out because I was looking at Haslam, what he was saying. 
Yeah, well, Has- Haslam was getting into it. Haslam was good to go. Like, like most players are the guys who pull their coach away from a dude. UD yeah. is the guy who's ready to fight with his coach. Like, so Miami talks a lot about, like, this the heat culture thing. And, um, and UD is that. UD's entire job is to be there, to get on rookies who aren't working hard enough, uh, to get guys to run extra in practice. Uh, he, like, he legit goes to practice every week, suits up. He, he does all the running drills. He does all the, the conditioning drills. He shows up, uh, you know, like the, the Heat is one of these teams that give you like a, a weight he doesn't play a minute. you have to have. He, he rarely plays a minute. Because um, they don't want to disrespect him by nice only job. putting him in for like blowouts and stuff. Uh, because I, I mean, he is it legitimately murdered people in his life? So, if if he's if he's okay with if he's okay with that role, then it's fine. But like, is is it insulting to him to be a professional basketball player and understand his role? I, I think he is. Like, I think he's the one of the ultimate role players. If you're telling yeah. me that he's been on two Miami Heat dynasties, basically two separate dynasties, and and a third one that went to, went to the finals uh, two years ago. Yeah, right? exactly. So like, he's an ultimate role player. This guy. Yeah. Um, and so one of the things I will say is this, I, we talked about Pat Riley uh, and we talked about winning time. Pat Riley once said about Alonzo Mourning, um, I don't care if he punches me in the face, but he's got to teach me something. Like I got to learn something from that fight. Um, the, the heat culture has always been that conflict gets the best out of people. And that's why guys like Jimmy Butler are attracted to it. That's why guys like Tyler Hero like it. That's why guys like Bam Adebayo. These are all guys that are in your face sort of characters, uh, very confident uh, folk. I can also see why other players don't want to go there. <laughs> you know, I can see why other players find it difficult to play there. Uh, but my favorite parts of it were UD joining in immediately in the fight and um, uh, Kyle Lowry immediately walking away and like, oh, let me just go hang out by the media bench and see what's up. Just like bailing on the fight completely, like not taking a side. I'm just going to go hang out over here and see what's up. <laughs> I love it. I can I see, I can see that being like... Uh, like eagle, if there's a fight, like let me go see what else is happening. No nah, man, I'm in that shit. No, no, no. Eagle would be like yelling in the back. Eagle would be like the spark plug, I think. So he'd be UD. Eagles are UD. No, I think I'm definitely the UD. Okay. Or am I the Jimmy Butler? Maybe I I say I'm the Jimmy Butler just because I'm the most difficult to work with. Um, yeah, you're definitely Jimmy Butler. <laughs> you're probably the coach spoiler that one, keeping everyone together. You're, de- you're definitely Jimmy Butler. I'll take I'll take Udonis Haslam. I think Eagles more like, um, trying to think of like a like a, a recently a fight. Like okay, remember the the Jawan Howard when he slapped that coach in the face? Mm-hmm. Then there was another coach that was yelling at him. Yeah, that guy. Okay, he's just he's like not the yelling. Or he's the yeller. Yeah, exactly. He's the, just the guy in the background just going nuts. Um, so diffuses we- a lot of fights that way. I'm 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 actually happy we had this conversation off air and we get to bring it to air, uh, just because it is something that's nuanced. And I always said when it comes to topics of nuance, a lot of times you'll hear people who are extreme on either side start with, "Listen, this is simple," and often they're things that are the least simple things in the world. And I think that's what this has become. The, the situation I'm talking about, of course, is the situation surri- surrounding a Penn State swimmer. Uh, Leah Thomas. Um, so, my so let's give context. Yeah, who, you'll do who, that part. So Leah Thomas yeah. is a transgender athlete who is a swimmer mm-hmm. and is competing for Penn State, like you said, and recently has won the NCAA championship in the women's league. The state and of set a whole bunch of records for Penn. Yeah. Exactly. And the state of Florida has recently created a gigantic controversy in saying we're not going to recognize her, that the true winner is the other person, that uh, she has no place competing in these types of sports. And it's an embarrassment. They let her do it. Blah, blah, blah. And obviously it's fueling the conservative talking heads even more because it's easy to point at this person and say you are the problem with the world. Now, obviously. And bigger than the world, America. The so that's the context in terms of where we're at, and now we get into the real conversation. So, I don't. I'm gonna start with this. I don't have an answer. Well, right? so, it's impossible actually, to have an answer. To this. It's, it, but you're entirely right. You know why? Because impossible. we don't have all of human history to draw on, right? Because, like, making this public and and trying to deal with these issues is, let's say, what in the last 25 years. Um, Last 30 years, we've even started looking at this. Whereas like most things, we have a catalog of about 2,000 years of recorded human history that we can go fall back on, right? So we're literally at the beginning this is of very, this. It's very new to us. It's very new. Yeah. 
we're going to make mistakes. But so for me, and usually I'm the insane one when it comes to this stuff, I have two thoughts which I don't think contradict themselves. One, she should absolutely be able to compete because competition is part of how humans are and she should be able to do so in a competitive fashion and that is her absolute right and if anything it encourages other people to also participate in sports build community etc two especially people from her community i can completely understand that today's separation is between pure biological gender in terms of male competition and uh women competition and that for any other categories is how I'm going to phrase this. There's no true definition of where it is. And there's, in a lot of ways, a clear biological advantage for someone like her in these scenarios. Not everyone, obviously, but this is clearly a case where that happens. So there is no, like Terry said, there's no answer to this. But those are the two things that need to be solved for it. How do we let Leah compete at the same time, let all the women not feel like they're getting disrespected, I guess, by, by having this happen. So, okay, so this is where I'm at with this. So I think that she has every right to compete. But the only thing is, is that what kind of a standard are we, are we setting? If this person, and my point is, is that a year ago she was competing with the men. So I think we can all agree that just men are physically, on a general sense, physically quicker, stronger, more athletic, you know, to, obviously, there's women that are much more athletic than men. Like, give me Serena Williams against 90 yeah. percent of the men in the world. I was gonna, right. I was gonna say, like, well, even there though. The, the, the one thing is, the one thing <laughs> is that that she, that she was already a competitive swimmer. Where it's not the same. Exactly. As like a dude watching WNBA is like, oh, I'd school all these women. Nah, they would destroy exactly. you. They would. Exactly. I've seen. Like, I've seen. I'm, like, like, but the university level like women wreck just like. Uh, a bunch of dudes playing rec league. Like, it's it's not the same not competition. The same. Also, right? let, let's point out, though, the reason she transitioned, as far as I'm aware anyways, was not like, I'm losing against the men, let so, me go beat up okay, the women, yeah, so, right? So, so, like, but that's important. So, so my my thoughts... Actually, you know what, Terry, I'll let you finish. My, my thought... My thought ties into Eagles, but I'll let you finish your point because you started, and we tend to do this where we, we all jump in, and let's try and finish a coherent thought for once. So this is the way I see it, is like, she should be allowed to compete... The only thing is, is I think that we're, we're by allowing this person to compete in this, you're kind of alienating the, 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 the group, right? You're bringing one person in. Like, I think she was when she was uh, last year when she was William Thomas, she was uh, 430th whatever. And then she finishes first with the women. Did you see the third place girl? She was like three feet shorter than, than her, than Leah Thomas. You know what I mean? So there's obviously that, that physical – and. If there's a girl that's six foot five that wants to compete, you're not going to say no because she's six foot five. But my point is, is that these girls uh, were 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 raised as women their entire lives. They didn't have the testosterone, muscle to help mass, them. lung capacity, all like, that stuff. And like when you look at it, and the most, and, and then you can there's the argument that it's a non-contact sport, so everybody's safe. Yeah, but everybody's safe. But if you have to look at it, these two girls that are finished second and third in the national championship worked their asses off for years to have a person that wasn't in their field come in technically wasn't in their field come in and take the take the role i have no problem with them competing i just think that we have to look at this a little bit we have to back up a bit and look at this a little larger because what we're doing is we're trying to be too inclusive while excluding while not considering the uh, the rest and and if we're talking about trans of uh of trans women or trans men fighting in mma that should and and boxing that should never happen. No, yeah. sorry, a trans woman should never be able to fight. Like we talk about Fallon Fox, she came in a year. She was an MMA fighter, came in a year later, fought as a woman. She was an MMA fighter as a man. Come in, it came in, fought as an MMA, uh, uh, an MMA as a woman, and destroyed the girl. Then there was another girl that came and beat the shit out of out of her. So it was kind of like you know balance, but it's just dangerous. Swimming, it's not so dangerous. So I can understand letting Leah Thomas do it, but I think it just sets an awful precedent going forward. We need to establish uh, some sort of uh, um, rule or some sort of standard that they had to have been in this transition for a certain amount of years. I don't know. I'm not, not even close to being a doctor. I'm the dumbest guy in the world. So well, you, like, you figured out yeah. you figured out the bigger thing. So I mean, you know, I nailed that one. <laughs> fuck. Check check for Terry Tam. But realistically, I think we just can't say, okay, yeah, you know what? You're identifying today. You can come in like that. So, that's the problem. That's what I want to avoid. So how I feel is is this. Um, and it ties into what Eagle's saying. Nobody is transitioning to win athle- at athletics, especially athletics where there's no money for winning. There's no, there's no. No, the weightlifting, gr- the weightlifting girl there, the 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 powerlifter, the Olympics for New Zealand. Come on, 
Yeah, but again, it's not real money. It's not life changing money. You're not. You're not going to the. You're not. It's. It's. It's not LeBron going to the WNBA. It could to be life changing than he would make in the NBA. It could be life changing money for the person who finished second behind this person who was competing as a man not, and gained not, all this mass at not, weightlifting. It's, it's not. Nobody retires on the Olympics alone. Not you don't have to retire. Fifty thousand dollars can be life changing for these people. For it can for clear sure. a debt. It can clear anything. It, sure. can, but, but whatever, it can but be your sponsor pays you a million if you finish yeah, first. Terry, Terry, I think, I think the point that Pease is getting at is if I say you can make 50 grand, all you got to do is become a girl. Yeah. I mean, that's, would, that's would you not change like, your oh, okay. life for $50,000. No, 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 I'm not. Uh, no, sorry. I'm not saying that women are doing this just to. But I'm that was literally that. my point. Yeah. Is, no, what is, I'm saying is, is like we can't, you said there's no monetary value. There could be no, monetary I'm saying, value. I'm saying that there's the monetary value to gain in most of the sports that were this being discussed is not enough for a person to solely make that decision for that for that reason. Yeah. Now, firstly, the reason there's no monetary value is let's not pretend we give a shit about swimming. We don't. We nope. never watch swimming. We didn't. Nope. I don't even know the names of second, third, and fourth place. Do you, Terry? Do you? But ego? that's a. But that's the pro. That's a problem. Of course. That's and the. I, that's where it starts. Right. That's where I, the problem I used starts. To, I used to. You know. Um. I was one of those. Put up my hand, guilty. Says, used to say this about the WNBA, like, well, but the reason there's not investment is because, um, you know, like they, they don't draw as much. I, that was before I watched the game, and then I started watching. And I was like, well, also this is a really good product, and the NBA used to lose money before they put money into it, right? Like, if you don't invest in it, you're not going to see a return, right? Like so the like, NBA was a struggling league for yeah, a long we, time. Again, yeah. we talked about it at the top of the show. So yeah. now when we get to this to this issue, ninety nine point nine percent of people who are transgender. Do not do not compete in high level athletics. Um, they are people who, by and large, suffer from a higher level of homelessness, a higher level of uh, suicide, a higher level of domestic violence, a higher level of uh, violence outside their home as well. These are people who deserve protection, that deserve the right to f to be themselves. Um, and in the end, this is just sports. Um, and sports to me are is important because it, it allows a reflection uh, into society, a reflection into the world. It's a way we can start these conversations. But the problem I have with the talking heads is that they stop the conversation at competition. It should be a place where we start talking about how can we solve this issue for sports while still acknowledging how people feel and treat people with dignity and respect. Because to me, dignity and respect, that's not any side of the political aisle. That's just the way to not be a piece of shit. I mean, I knew long ago yeah. that this was going to be a problem when there was the whole bathroom conversation, right? Like, oh, what do you mean the man can go into the woman's bathroom? Just make a fucking unisex bathroom problem solved. Yeah. Really? Like, but, are we really talking about this? It's never concerned me who's in the washroom with me. But listen, no, but the thing is, is that you don't, you, you live a different reality than what's yeah, actually in the washroom. For, for women and for young children. Like that's that's like the main there's hot also, spot. There's also bathroom. there's there's bathroom designs that are more wide open. I know that Yeah. just converting a, a bathroom that was supposed to be like a, a traditional bathroom and just slapping a, a dual sticker on it's not not the same thing as having a bathroom that's designed as a unisex bathroom that's i understand exactly. that as well um, this is a defund the police conversation yeah, all over it, again it's, yeah. it's <laughs> again it's not it's it's these are starting points for these conversations they are not ending points and that's that's how i'd like to see it progress uh we had this conversation of course in our in our, in our chat where both you and i are terry were like we get it it's a problem for sports but also like that's not the end of it, right? Like there's there's, there's yeah. more to this. There's like this is a I, small yeah, it's like I a really small hope problem. That's the next stage of media where we, we, we leave from literally we got to the point where politics has become first take, right? And just it's people yelling from 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 opposite sides whether they believe it or not. And I hope the next it's future Supreme Court justices getting asked if they read the anti racist baby book. Oh my god, don't don't, don't get me started on that. <laughs> <laughs> or being questioned about what they think about going to church three times a year. I, it, it, the whole thing was confusing. But why, why go to an Ivy League school, have a magna cum laude degree, and a cleric, a clerk for one of the Supreme Court justices if you can just read the anti-racist baby book? Yeah, did you read um, it? <laughs> I, I honestly, are you up to date? I hope that I hope that um, it takes us to a point where we get more nuance because there's usually a. Uh, there's over. There's usually a correction, right after we see like these periods of extremism, but it doesn't feel like we're at the end of it. It feels like we're at the beginning of it, and that to me is a little terrifying. It's 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 the, the reason what's terrifying is like I feel like we're at the beginning of this, where a lot of people are going to get hurt. And listen, we're talking about Leah Thomas, and we're all the way in Montreal. 
God knows what she's dealing with, like in her circle, in her community, or you know, in her in her state, which is already not the most tolerant state to begin with. Yeah, it's very blue collar, like you know the type, right? So it's like we're looking at it, and they treated Ben Simmons, who's a man being like who's a biological man. You know? Being a biological man as somehow identified as a biological baby, which is very weird. It's true. It's true. Uh, also, but, maybe he, he's a non-racist baby, so Ted Cruz would approve. Yeah, Ted Cruz didn't know about the non-racist baby, but... <laughs> yeah. um, well, he would approve now. <laughs> I mean, listen, he's not up to date. He's the, he, did you read true. it? You know, did you read it? Um, so, with Leah, I mean, God knows what she's, what she's going through right now, and she's going to go through the worst of it, and we're talking about it, like I said, from here in Montreal, but... It's it's a small blip, a small blurb in the the future in the in the future of our society and how we accept people, uh, trans people, and people identified certain ways. And this is not going to identify her in any way. Like this, she's just going to go on with her life, and she should. And and the the reason why there's so many suicides and these things is because when you isolate somebody, yeah. they lose their mind. And when you marginalize people, they go crazy. And the margin and the people that are marginalized are always the ones that are that end up uh, spe- that, that are get shut down, and then they end up uh, exploding. And then those are the people that you've, everybody that's ever shot up a school was somebody that was a loner, was in the corner, was maybe bullied. You know what I mean? Like there's all these things. So we have to understand that we're still dealing with humans here, no matter how they identify themselves. And the death threats that this person gets on Twitter is beyond stupid. Yeah, that's that's even the worst part of that. Like- the, like I, I don't agree with her competing against women that have been women their entire lives, and she's decided, you know, she's fun, decided she's finally while admitting, she's while finally admitting able to we come don't out. have a solution for this because yeah, exactly. it's important for anyone to wish to it's have just that a, dream to compete, right? Exactly. Like I wouldn't want like if my if my daughter was she got a full ride scholarship to University of Oklahoma and she's like the second best swimmer in the world and she goes and then she's competing to win a national championship. She's worked for so long and then this person who's obviously much more physically like if the the amount of testosterone that Leah Thomas produced up until that point would never is never going to be able to be replicated by the person that one second and the testosterone allows anyway we're getting back into this and I don't want to but uh, at the end of the day we we have exactly nobody understands that within the end of the day we have to realize this person's a human yeah. and we're not meant to just talk shit to them for no reason because we don't agree with what they what they and say well while, while i sympathize with uh, your oklahoma raised child terry um <laughs> i think you know both of us would agree here that the most important thing is while you would teach your child hey you know that's not entirely fair you'd also teach we need to be tolerant and we need to understand uh, the people are different, right? So, so that that to me is the most important part of this. The death threats are, like we said, complete. complete. There's a woman. This is how dumb the human race is. There's a woman that brought her dog back because her dog humped another uh, boy dog. So the dog is. She said the dog is gay and she doesn't want it in her house. There's a yeah. video of this, and you hear the person saying it. My dog is gay. I don't want it dog, because the dog humped another dog. Uh, maybe Hump. it's. Maybe it's. Uh, you know what? This person also probably blames Leah Thomas for the for turning her dog gay. Probably bl- blame Leah Thomas for COVID. Yeah, why not? Why not? Yeah. Why um, not? <laughs> that's, uh, you know, again, I'm, I'm happy with that conversation because I think a lot of uh, the the media are sitting it up because, like us, they don't have the answers. And I think it's okay to not have the answers, you know. I think I think that that admission's fine because it pushes us to try and look for it. Uh, but I think it's time for us to get into rapid fire Eagle, what do we got? All right, so we have a few topics for today. Um, we're going to start with the first one here. I forgot to add the last one. So it's fine. Do, it, do whatever you want for the last one. Nothing but net. New York City Mayor Eric Adams announced an exception to the vaccine mandate for professional athletes, thus technically allowing Kyrie Irving to play home games for the Brooklyn Nets. Originally, and I'm going to point this out, and I said it in our group chat, he said he was not going to play and not get his vaccine in solidarity with the people of New York who are being unfairly treated. And now he's been given the exception. Does he take it or not is the real question. Yes, yes he will it. take it. It's Kyrie Irving. Like, of course the he's thing take is, it. I say this all the time. Kyrie Irving should is take it. an interesting person who is a bad messenger because he makes these grand sweeping statements like, I'm yeah. doing this for... You're not doing this for anybody, bro. We know what you're yeah. doing it for. Yeah. You're doing it because this is your character. Lo- you- load management. You're, 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 <laughs> Kyrie Irving is a bit of a look at me, Larry, and uh, he, he Car- got what he Kyrie wanted. Irving is the Baker Mayfield of basketball. <laughs> well, yeah, admittedly, the, he, he didn't get what he wanted. The uh, Yankees and the Mets got what they wanted, and That's he just true. benefits from well, it. Well, so well, here's it's the interesting much, thing. Yeah. Here's the interesting thing. Uh, first of all, um, 
Kyrie Irving, um, people, I feel like people, because of how polarizing is his personality, don't realize how good Kyrie Irving is. From an offensive skill, he is the best point guard in the league by a lot. He He's one of the most offensive skilled. Now, his defense is amongst the worst, but you don't get him for his defense. He's a great ball handler, great court vision, great shooter, does literally every part of offense well, kind of like if Carmelo Anthony was a point guard. That's what he would, and like down to the defense, right? Like he's, he's that kind of player. Now, the, the, the thing that I found ridiculous, and I, I'm one who I got vaccinated day one. As soon as I could, I got it. That's just how I roll. Uh, spoke to people in the medical community. Th- that was they told me I should get it. I got it. You know, so I thought people should get it. But the thing with with, with all this was I found it ridiculous that he's allowed to sit in in the stands next to people with no mask on, but then could not participate in the game around less Listen. people. You're asking for you're asking for logic where there is none. You're asking for uh, like with Leah Thomas, like it's inexplicable. This is inexplicable. This whole thing is un- like the whole pandemic and how we treated it. It was it was so dumb, and that's just one example. Now with Kyrie Irving, him being allowed to do it, some people some people are taking like ego. You mentioned it. Like, is he going to stand in solidarity with the people in New York? I don't think you should. I think that the athletes should. They provide entertainment for us. I said this from the beginning. Athletes and celebrities should all be vaccinated first, because if we're going to be forced, if we're going to be forced to, um, yeah, there's uh, only so much Tiger King we can watch. If there's another exactly, if we're going to be forced to stay <laughs> home, we need to have, you know, we need to see product and we need yeah. to see them out there. And you know, I think all, all the sports leagues, especially like in the UFC and the NHL, they ended up working it out. But like, we need to see it. So I'm I'm okay with the athletes getting but first. But the worst dibs. part about this is Terry. You know what's going to happen? Right now, the Brooklyn Nets are slated to play against the Raptors in Toronto. In the playoff, oh, play in tournament, yeah. which it's means Toronto's going to be Kyrie in New York Irving just long enough to lose in the first round because they won't have Kyrie Irving unless Kevin Durant does the Kevin Durant thing where he just decides they win the game. And Ontario has like a little. Do they What's have? No, they thing? doesn't matter. They removed they removed their mandates and stuff. Doesn't right? matter. Canada, you can't fly in without a vaccine. Okay. So there you go. You can only fly there in you if you're go. Canadian without a vaccine. If you're non-vaccinated, you can't fly in without. It. Anyway, right. I think. People are people are outraged that uh, that it's only the athletes. I don't care. I think they, it's good that they should do it. It's good that they should get. I think I speak for, for for all of us here when I say the more money you make, the more rights you should have. <laughs> Pretty much, yeah. I mean, that's just I how mean, I have works. all the rights. Yeah. Then, <laughs> fuck you, man. Super nerd. necessary. Jorge Masvidal has been arrested and faces two charges after his alleged assault of Kobe Covington. Pease, I found it hilarious about how you thought this was like a rigged oh, setup I thought, joke. I thought, you thought first it was all, a rig? Yeah, because it was. First of all, it was that Pappy steak, which is like. I've never been. So I, I, I can't imagine being a professional athlete and eating a Pappy steak. Like, come on, you, you're in. You're in. Like well, he was with the Nelk boys and yeah, steak. First of all, yeah. So maybe but, uh, maybe yeah. Covington deserved to get his ass kicked for going to the wrong steakhouse. Um, the, the second thing is like I understand like there's legitimate bad blood between them, but I also understand there's a sales component. The way. The way both of these guys got so big in the UFC is obviously their talent, but also because they use their mouths to sell fights. That's part of mm. the game. It's part of okay, what you're it wrong. is. I'm not wrong. It's, a, it's absolutely what it is. It's no, no. The, the reason why game. you're wrong is because this fight will never happen again in the octagon. Well, yeah. No, it won't. But that, but it, was ar- it was already done. But that's, but that's what I'm saying. Like, I thought, I thought the op- when it first happened, my initial instinct was, oh, the, this is not a real fight. They're just using mm. this to, to, set up the, to, set, to set up the actual fight. And nope, uh, it turns out that he's pressing charges, so, and, and I, it's what you should I do. By the way, if you're attacked in a restaurant, you should always press I, charges. I wrote a bl- I wrote a blog about this. I I empathize with with Masvidal for what he did. Like he's going after him and he's trying to defend his kids, but I don't believe him. Like yeah, I don't believe, believe that this was for his kids. He already had an right. opportunity to fight him. He fought him for 25 minutes. It was a wrestling match. It was boring. It Masvidal was so- had his chance. He tagged he tagged him a couple times. Whatever. It was a decent fight. Whatever. As he a lost casual, fight. as a casual, it, it made me never want to watch MMA again. It lost, it lost. You know, he lost the fight, and you know, he was embarrassed because he was supposed to defend the city because Kobe's claiming king of Miami, and we all know Cuban Maz, Mazadal's Cuban from Dade County. Like he, you know, he was like he was on the Kimbo Slice video, living on the streets of Miami with Kimbo Slice. There you go. Yeah. So he was on the Kimbo Slice video. So like he is Miami. So him hearing fucking uh, white boy Covington from Oregon saying he's the king of Miami, talking about his ex-wife and talking about uh, George's kids. Like 
and they were ex-best friends, ex-teammates, ex-roommates, the whole thing. Like these guys were legit bus- best buddies and him he just didn't he his ego needed him himself. He needed to respond in the only way he knew how and that's the way he used to do it when he was younger. There's videos that there's an interview leaked uh, I think he was talking to Ariel, and he said, I'm the king of the sucker punch in Miami. He's like, what do you mean sucker punch? He's like, you have to be able to – he's like, you only need two things in Miami, a good sucker punch and a good 50-yard dash. <laughs> that's what he said. And he said this like 10 years ago when he was yeah. fighting his strike force. So like, Looks that's like what in, his old, in his old age, he's lost the 50-yard dash though. So Yeah, maybe. That's what he's, that's what he's lived by right now. Yeah. So I, I, I don't think this was for his kids. I think it's embarrassing for George for, to have done this. I think it was strictly for his ego, claiming it was for his kids. And it just sucks that we got to this point because everybody in the world would have loved to see Covington get his ass kicked. Everybody. There's, there's only, and, and look, both of them are wrong. There's only there's two kings in Miami. First is DJ Khaled. And yeah. you want another one? You Drake. Another one, Pitbull. Um, Armando, <laughs> man. He's the true king of Miami. That's his real name is Armando? Yeah, Mr. Roll, we're first I like Armando, basis. man. Mr. Worldwide, Mr. Worldwide. you know? Yeah. Armando Worldwide. That's his, that's his real name. <laughs> Next, the Bosnian beast, after hearing insults about his mother and grandmother from a courtside fan, Portin, uh, Port, 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 Portland Blazer Center Yusuf Nurchik has been fined $40,000 for You're this the altercation. I have to get one wrong, Terry. It's how it works. Yeah, I know. I, I always wait for it. This is great, by the way. And why is it always at a, at a Pacers game? Because the Pacers fans are the worst people on earth. Okay, so... Okay, so. <laughs> It's so true, wait, wait, though. The last time... It because, because there are people just listening. Uh, for yeah. those who haven't seen it... Five second Google search. Uh, there's a fan in, in on courtside. Nurkic, who's seven one, two eighty five, walks over, and towers over the guy, intimidates him, takes his phone, and throws it into the crowd. I love it. I love it. I love that Nurkic does this stuff. But, but and this is what the thing with Indiana is like. I don't know if the it's always that same section too. Like with yeah. LeBron James well, last time was side, with the guy and the girl. There's I I've I've said for a long time that that if you're in the courtside seats, you have a responsibility, and if you uh, if you're a piece of shit, you should get a lifetime ban from courts. Of course, 100%. Um, 100%. Now, I think that 40K for, for that is a little harsh, but listen, if, if it, what well, it's I true, I think, think Nurkic is so, okay so with I'm, being. I'm actually on Nurkic's side because, first of all, the, the things the guy said, it's, it's now come out. He he uh, he said stuff about Nurkic's mother and grandmother, both mm-hmm. who pub- most recently and publicly died from COVID in the last year. Um, so that's pretty messed up, first of all. I can imagine myself getting that angry. But Nurkic actually should have been suspended. And the reason why is you can't have players interacting with the crowd this way. You need to go and ask security or have the, the, the fan removed. Because like LeBron did. Like LeBron did. But the reason why, Terry, it's for player safety, right? Because we don't oh, want yeah, to have... For sure. We don't have the situation, right? Like with Malice in the Palace. Malice in the like, Palace, baby. Like or or we do we want players. a situation like that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'll tell you this. The NBA doesn't. I, yeah. I'm all for player empowerment. Uh, I'm usually very pro-player. But there's times like this where I feel like Adam Silver is a little lenient on players. I thought Nurkic serving a two-game suspension would have at least like send a message saying, like, guys, come on. like We need to protect players here. We don't know if that guy... like We, we now live in an era where UFC and, and MMA is so sort of widespread that... like. We don't uh, we don't know if this guy, as skinny and small as he is, could have just you know uppercut him or, or done, done some damage anything, to him. Yeah. You don't know if he's carrying any weapon or anything like a like. And a realistically, realistically, if Nurkic does this, his teammates are gonna have to defend him. And then what if one of them slips? Uh, you know, pops a shoulder. You know, like anybody. It could, These it could are have been hundred million dollar investments in players. Yeah. So I mean, Can't listen, I, I get I get your point. If they had suspended him, I would have lost it just because I'm more of I'm more on the lines of like find the guy. He's obviously injured, so like whatever. So find the guy, get like send your message. But I don't think Nurkic did anything wrong there. Again, he does something wrong in that it could have gone. It could have gone. So, in while, society, while he did. In society, he acted like a gentleman. If I was seven one two eighty five, that's exactly how I would react to that situation. But, in society, he acted like a gentleman. Yeah, and that's all you can ask. But, meanwhile, Conor McGregor doing the same thing to the guy's phone had criminal charges pressed. So. Uh, that's another way that I could have gone wrong too, you know. All right, sure. next. New team who dis. Multiple sources have told The Athletic that former Jaguars coach Urban Meyer was unfamiliar Meyer. with star players Meyer. around the NFL, Fuck. including Debo Samuel, Jamal Adams, and Mr. 99, and was it three-time defensive player of the year, Aaron Donald? The man who that guy? The, the man who, by all advanced metrics, is the greatest pass rusher of all time. 
Bad guy. The, the guy who is single hand he's probably like take Tom Brady out of the equation. He's like hands down the best player in the league, right? I think we're talking about the most dominant defense, player. I don't think there's a more dominant player. Like Derrick Henry and Aaron Donald are the two most dominant athletes in this league, right? Like I think that's just basically what it is. It has to be. But and like Urban, do you Urban not Meyer play not fantasy football? And like Where did Aaron Donald go to school? Uh, I don't think it matters. Like But where did he go to school? No, but to me it's like Urban Meyer applied for a job. He got this job. Clearly didn't understand what the job entailed. Didn't do the work it entailed. Because if I'm handing my head coach a stack of scouting reports, guess who's on the top of the pile when if I'm playing the Rams? Um, even if you're not, like, just guys you should know in the league. It's, it's as if Urban Meyer lived in a bubble on a college campus and basically thought he would show up in the NFL and just win because... He is Urban Meyer. He's I, just this God's gift to, to planet Earth. I guess he spends his Sundays in bars in Ohio. Yeah. He played. Finger he played. Not watching the TVs. <laughs> he played in Pittsburgh, University of Pittsburgh. He was yeah. in Ohio. Pennsylvania is Ohio. No, I know, but like okay. they're I right. Like Ohio, in Ohio, Ohio State in Pennsylvania. Like Ohio, they're right next to each other. Like there's yeah. no way you're the co- head coach of Ohio State and you don't know who Aaron Donald is. Well. They, 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 he didn't. Uh, as well as There's Jamal no Adam way. And and Jamal Adams. Um, There's no way. Look, I can see it because of just the sheer arrogance. The, and I had to I had to actually check up the source on this. And it's the source. It's the athletic. Um, Tebow Tuesdays is the, the, probably the best thing ever. The reason why I had to check up the uh, who the who the uh, the source was Terry is because of our next rapid fire. So the next one is sack up and carry on. In a recent trend, Kendrick Perkins was the victim of the latest media trend. He went on the air and confirmed the report from none other than Ball Sacked Reporting. Ball Sack Sports. Everything that we witnessed last night, that was the thing that I noticed the most. So all those rumors... And stories that we heard about the Brook about Kyrie and James Harden at the in the in practice with the Nets and Kyrie going at him. Guess what? Kyrie showed us that last night that those were facts and that was true. I have never seen Kyrie Irving play defense the way that he did last night. And it was beyond <laughs> okay, so I- everything that we witnessed last night, that was the thing that I know. So I'll, I'll that's just not, that's not vindication of Kyrie. That's more of a shot. No, no, but I'll, I'll, I'll explain uh, what, what he's reacting to is a story on Boston Sports that said that Kyrie, which would show up uh, and, pl- and play one-on-one with James Harden and dominate him constantly despite not being in basketball shape, uh, like when he was injured, would dominate uh, James Harden. It's a completely fabricated that. story. It's, it's made up. So a little while ago, let's just rewind the tape a bit. I posted a story in our chat. And I was like, it was a one about, uh, it was a player saying that if he, uh, if LeBron played during his era, he would have been a role player. The player was drafted a year after LeBron James. So we're all laughing about it. And then after I did like eight seconds of research, I was like, oh guys, this is a fake story. Thank God I, thank God we didn't run with this on the show because the source is Boss Ike Sports. And yeah. Duke and Alex the intern mocked me mercilessly for this. <laughs> and you deserve In to. that you time, in it. that time, by the way, the following people have fallen for Ball Sacker Sports. Dan Levitard went to air with the story that I talked about. Uh, I saw them making fun of him on their, on their socials. Um, Stephen A. Smith got taken by Ball Sports and Kendrick Perkins reacted to this story. Um, I, I, I did some digging and I, um, I heard a podcast. Um, it was a basketball podcast. I think it's the Athletic Basketball Podcast. No, no, it was um, Basketball Illuminati. I, just wanted to, I wanted to give credit where, where I heard it. They interviewed the guy who started Ball Sack Sports, and he said, it's a similar story to us, Terry, where he kind of wanted to get into journalism, but then was jaded by the state of journalism today and wanted to do something to make fun of, of sports media. And so he created this account, and his, his mission was to not only prepare it uh, in, in a way that was like digestible, that would, get, that would get aggregated, but also make it obvious. Like He, he stamps his logo, Ball Sack Sports, on it. If you go to the Twitter bio, there's a bio of a fake story that went viral like like last year, and it. and <laughs> it's all you have to do is look look at his Twitter bio before you go to air with it, and you see oh no no, he's showing us this is a fake page. But then on top of that, his 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 strategy was pretty smart. He not only went to things that were possible as stories, he went with 
not stories that are normally possible, but stories that are things that we as media members want to believe. We want to yeah. believe Kyrie, exactly. Kyrie dominated. Uh, yeah. We want to believe some some idiot from, from LeBron's draft class was saying LeBron couldn't dominate in our era. We want to believe these things because they're ridiculous, because they're funny. Um, and it's been working. So gotta get, he didn't give his name in the podcast. That's why I can't even give him credit for his name because he wants to stay like anonymous. But yo, shout out to ba- Balsa Sports. I can't believe I'm saying it. Shout out to Balsa Sports. They fucking nailed it, man. Yeah. Absolutely. And for our last rapid fire, it'll just be entitled, Yeah. Uh, Police in Oregon have arrested a man who they say stole a U-Haul filled with about 1,100 pairs of new Adidas Yeezy shoes. According to the police, the shoes are estimated to be worth more than $250,000. And uh, that's a lot of fucking shoes. Every year we do a story about a kid stealing shoes. Yeah, it's it's true. We've been doing this show for three years. We've had at least three episodes where there's been somebody stealing shoes. Yeah. Last year was the kid who used his the Nike VP who uh, used his mom. Yeah. That was funny. wild. I, uh, I got mad. I got mad because I keep I keep missing on raffles. It's that kid's fault as far as I'm concerned. It's Fucking loser. Fault. Um I missed a I missed a uh raffle today that was in like eight cities, including Alpharetta, Georgia. Which, had I just been on vacation, I would have been able to enter the draw, which makes me mad. <laughs> um, mm-hmm. So, yeah. So, I saw this, and uh, one thing I thought of was, have you have you guys ever had a pair of Yeezys? No, never. I got one pair. I don't think I, re- I will. I returned them about two days later. They're horrend- they were horrendously uncomfortable. They were the least comfortable shoes I've ever had. I also don't like shoes that have sort of that, that molding that comes out the back off the heel. I don't get that look. It's not for me. So, um, unfortunately... I'm less mad at this guy than the dude who stole his mother's Jordans because yeah. I love Jordans. So. Is he directly affected you? Yeah. yeah. He took shoes out of my closet. That's or like you're not an easy took, guy. He stole so them from like, me. Yeah, whatever. He stole them from me, Terry. The worst part is about stolen shoes is that like you don't have to prove where they come from. No. Well, because people buy them secondhand all the time. On no, because, which, whatever, right? yeah, not only yeah, StockX and, and, and uh, greats and all that shit, but like you um, – they can bring it to like a shoe store. The shoe store will be able to tell right away if it's yeah. if it's a fake easy or not. And then they, they'll just buy it like at a discounted price. But like you're still getting it. You're still selling them like at $2,000 and they'll, they'll resell them at like $4,000. Yeah. Or you just put them on Marketplace. People will buy anything. Yeah. My recommendation, don't buy on Marketplace. Go to certified resellers and don't get ripped off. Terry. Thanks for joining us uh, by remote today. Eagle, thank you for all the work you've done, including bringing up that last story that I forgot to put in the script. Um, I want to thank everyone who's taken a moment to rate, review, watch, subscribe, all those wonderful things. Thank you for helping us keep the lights on. Um, And most importantly, thank you all for letting me be myself. You've been listening to Hot Sauce Sports. (laughs) 